My name is Tabiso Siswana, and I am a Sangoma as well as an internal banker for Bidvest Bank. Okay, thank you so much, Tabiso. Um, Tabiso, the interview is about the calling, right? Um, do you mind just giving us um, a brief background on how it happened to you or how it unfolded to you, uh, how it came to you? Okay, um, just to put it, um, cut it, the story short, yes. um, when my mom got went for her calling, I was three years old, and unfortunately I had no one to take care of me, so I had to go with her to her initiation, and then from that age, that's when I started seeing, so basically I would see if anything's going to happen, I would dream on behalf of my mother, so I'd say like most things that were going to happen at home, I would dream about them first and be able to warn them or tell them what is happening prior. Mm-hmm. And then through during the years, um, being part of the whole process, meaning if there's initi- um, people who are coming at Kaya to Guzotuasa, then I would help my mom in regards to training them, beating of the drums, teaching them how to sing, how to dance. That's just a formal part of it. And then when Wiz went by, it started being not like an interest as much because it wasn't that hectic at home. And then eventually that's when they decided to say, okay, now it's my time to actually answer the calling. In a case where when growing up, my mom felt that she did it, so she doesn't feel that any of her kids need to go through it. So both my sisters went and got initiated before me, and then my mom still went and asked the ancestors to please not have me go through the process. Instead, when she passes away, she just leaves the things to me and allow anyone who needs help to come use them. But unfortunately, it had to be that I also had to go through the same process so I could know what to do in future when she's no longer here. So I'd say it came at a peak of my life when I was growing up, still young. Um, say I was 22 or 23. And yeah, it just became something that I knew. But at that certain time, it wasn't easy to agree to it. But I knew it, but I just felt like it had to push me to a certain point, and that's where I was. I was pushed to a certain point, and I felt that, let me just do it and get it over it. So that's the reason why I did it in the first place. I was like, let me get over it and see how my life goes forward, but initially, it just became part of my life, Uh, and it's something I'm proud to be of today. Please explain what do you mean when you say you were pushed to it? What actually happened? Um, As being a child who sees growing up, um, all the the kind of messages, um, the dreams, the the images, the constant feeling of emotion, crying, pain, and what can I say, um, not sleeping and all of those things. And my dreams that kept coming, and I told my mother and translated to her, and she would still explain the same thing, but she didn't want to say that, okay, I'm going to make you start tomorrow. It was up to me. So I had to even go see someone else, of which it was a prayer woman who used to work with water, so we went to her, and she initially gave my mom the answer that we were both looking for, that my mom can't take me anywhere else. She's the one who's supposed to help me. So we still stayed for a while. I didn't do anything about it until one day I was at the office. I felt like leaving my job, crying, emotional, headaches, all of those things because I was overthinking the situation. And then I just called her, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's just do it. And then, yeah. That's how it went. So that's how I was pushed into it. In effect, of, it's something that was at the back of my mind, but I just didn't hope that it would be me. You know, my sisters did it. My mom did it. So why else would I have to? So I think that was the main thing. How does one know that um, they are being called by their ancestors? Because there's so much um, people have said before, but like, how do I know that I am being called to answer this calling? Okay. 
what I'll say is it doesn't, it's called a calling for a reason and because it goes for chosen ones. So what I'm going to say is it comes to us in a different way. So what has happened to me can't happen to the next person. Everyone will come with a new journey or a new way of how they started. So I wouldn't say there's symptoms. I wouldn't say that when this happens, now you know you have a calling. It will come to you at that certain time. And when it comes to you, they will communicate to you that that is time. So the thing is, people are looking for, okay, now she said she had a headache or they couldn't sleep and whatever, and you think the ancestors are what. But I think you will know at that time that it's your time and you need to go, and they will tell you where you need to go. And how do you know, um, like the the chosen one, it's a term that has been used so much when people talk about the calling. Um, Do you know how the chosen one is chosen? Is it something that is carried in your blood or is it just something that your ancestors would choose you for this particular journey? Mm -hmm. Um, I'd explain it in my terms of understanding it. And I'm not saying it's across board and across everyone else. But my understanding of it is that each and every family on each and every clan, for example, what they would is every single family has that one member who would be the one who be able to dream and see and all of that. But being a Sangoma is kind of a traditional thing, meaning it's a gift that is passed on from generation to generation. So it would happen that one child of the third, probably this grandmother and another grandmother, but the child of the third grandmother would be the one that would have to take up the calling. So I think it happens within the family, and even if it was not there before, but it starts with someone because there was someone who needs to help others in this certain way of it being traditionally. And when you are chosen, people say someone will appear to you. They say like an ancestor or a great-great-grandfather or Mm -hmm. great-grandmother will appear Mm -hmm. to you. Um, How does this happen in a family where you don't know that um, my great-grandfather or my great-grandmother was a Sangoma? How does does this unfold if if you can unpack that for us? Okay, I'll try and explain it, but again... I'm not saying that everyone, it happens that way. Mm. But my understanding of it, if someone, for example, the ancestors are communicating to you, they all communicate in a different way. So Mm. in your dream, it would be indirect, but you'd need someone older who can break it down for you. So hence these people who are traditional healers because we were taught and we're able to explain dreams. So in that kind of way, if someone doesn't know and it's something that hasn't happened in their family, there's always that certain thing that pushes you to go the alternative route. So sometimes we don't know why we're going to this alternative route, which is traditional ways, but it will push you to that way because that's where it wants itself. And in some other times, people are gifted and are chosen in the prophetic way, meaning they will go to church. They know that they are being pushed spiritually to that kind of way. So we all can go in different ways. We go religiously or others can go traditionally. So for someone who doesn't know anything about it, and then for them to be able to communicate to you, if you don't understand them, they will push you to someone who will understand. Hence when they'll say traditional healers are people who come to see them. People don't always come to see us because they want muti or they want um, to bring a lover back or whatever, for example. But they always sometimes want to come because they don't understand what is happening in their lives and because they cannot understand what their ancestors are trying to say. So in our generation or in our aperture uh, or this, um, in, our, in, our, in our generation, how relevant is ancestry to us and why do people still being chosen for this calling? Okay. Um, I think it's something that has always been there and it's something that can never die. 
So I think when it comes through, it comes through to the young people because it's something that we need to carry on to the future generations that it doesn't get lost. Because we all get into the Western ways and always, and I do live a Western way, basically. But when it comes to my ancestral duties, those are the things that I need to do it by the book and how the elders used to do it. So to explain it, basically, it's like an, a school, for example. There used to be a headmistress who started the whole thing. So people enroll in a school and years go by. And they change, and the, now it's younger people, but it's been young people for so long, but it's the fact that it hasn't been out there as much as it is in this time because we have so much media coverage on it. We have people wanting to know what it is and whatsoever. And before, it was something that was sacred. People wanted to hide it away, you know, and how it does. But it starts from little kids. It, it has been there. It has been young people for the longest time. It's just now what changes that people are looking into it and people are starting to see that there's something like this. When one goes to Utwasa, um what is expected of them? Uh, what, what, what is it? Um, as you said, it's like going to school. Mm. How are you being trained to, to communicate effectively with mm-hmm. the ancestors? Mm-hmm. How, like, like what, what does the whole Utwasa process uh, entail? Okay, I'm just briefly going to brush over it. Utwasa entails, the person when you go for the calling. You can't just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm packing my bags and this is where I'm going. Hence, I'm saying you will have that push at that time that it's time for you to go. And what I can say is for anyone who is going to go into the journey or anyone who's going to start the journey is you, it's, it's a journey for you alone and no one else around you. So basically, you forget the world. You forget people around you. And you focus on yourself, meaning you need to be spiritually, <coughs> sorry, you need to be spiritually involved in it emotionally fit for it, physically fit for it, because it's going to take so much strain on you. Because, one, you need to learn, you're going to deal with people's problems. Mm. And it's going to be heavy on you. And that's why they prepare. So when you go a Pitlin, it doesn't become easy because it's preparing you for your journey and what is going to happen in future and the things you're going to come across. So the reason you can't have someone who say Texini and they start losing in front of people. You know, mm. the initial point of the initiation is to teach you when is the time to vusilose, when is the time to start talking yesosi, when is the time, and it requires you to be respectful of yourself. During that process, it's like we are zila. You become a person who's to shonelo, for example, because when you start, that's when bad luck starts. That's when you're like an infant and everything wants to come into your life. So Uktwasanje is a process where you're going to be tested so many times. You need to be strong for it and you need to hold on because Ukbegezela has a huge, huge outcome in your life when you know once you're done. So that's just the whole thing about Uktwasa. It's to prepare that certain person for the struggles that they are going to come across in future once they have gained Ubunyanga and they are Isangoma from the, that time. Um, uh, being, uh, in <coughs> your case, you are uh, a modern Sangoma. You, not a modern Sangoma, but you live in a modern contemporary society. Um, yes. If you were to compare with um, probably your mother or the, la- the, the, the last few generations, how is <coughs> it different living in a modern age and practicing something that is so significant mm-hmm. that your ancestors have bestowed upon you? Um, right now, I think from, from how my mother's initiation was to what it is in this day and time, I think then it was so intense. It was so intense that 
most people wouldn't want to go, wouldn't want to find themselves in that in that position. But as they say, we see they only choose the strongest ones that they know they will be able to withstand the whole journey. And looking at now, we've got a lot of things that contribute to it. People are ill, like you know, pneumonia. There's serious flu. There's 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 things that are going around, so you can't practice it as it is because ubunyanga is something AI practice mm-hmm. And in this time of age, we can't take umuntu You don't know what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why now it's been moved into a meta in the yards and you can be able to do it from there. So that's where the change is. They're trying to um, make it modern enough to occur to accommodate this katsamanj because we can't have someone as a patron and not physically healthy to withstand it. Do you understand? So you need to look at all of those kind of um, attributes when it comes to Ugrian So that's how it has changed. Before, they were hard. They were hard on it. They were hard. It's like training for, I don't know what. It, it was hectic. But now it's better because we can speak. Someone can still go to work. Umuntu can still live their normal life. But no, Guti, later on, you need to come back and fulfill those duties that you need to do where you are. And the ceremonies that are involved, um, what, what, what is the meaning of the, the ceremonies? Like um, cleansing before you go into it mm-hmm. and the slaughtering and mm-hmm. yeah, those ceremonies. Can you just give us like one example of a ceremony and the importance of it? Okay. The first one that you mentioned in regards to before you get between Melo Ukeze, meaning um, at that certain point we have a lot of relatives that we don't know of. Um, there's Umamkuluga, Mamkulu, Obani, and someone related to Nyekazi, and Nigunis, Yufesavela, and you don't know about it. So if someone died and you don't know about it, so that's what we do, Sukezela, for that. That's why you're getting claims because of funerals or things that would have happened that you wouldn't have known about, and those are the things that are spiritually going to be connected to you because it's someone you were related and you didn't know about it. And that person, maybe something happened to them. So that's why you cleanse before Ungene Petwin. And that's why you cleanse again because that's what happens. Most Petwin, you're supposed to be pure because there's certain things that you need to stay away from for that whole process and for everything to go well. So hence, Uklin, Ukleugeza, for if you were intimate before or if Uyewashonelwa um, and now they didn't cleanse you. Probably they didn't believe in cleansing and all of that. So you do that before Ungene Petwin. So that's the significance of Ugeza before Ungene Petwin.